Hello everyone! Welcome to a new edition of What Should We Watch with Kay and E. I'm Kay. I'm E. And we want to thank you all for tuning in to last week's episode. We got a great response. Yeah. When we sat down and watched Avengers Endgame. Mm -hmm. And not Avengers Infinity Wars. <laughs> hey. <laughs> I try. So if you are new to the program, how this works is we sit down, we watch a movie, and when we are done watching the movie, we talk about some topics that we notice throughout it, make some comments, and then we play some games, do some segments such as, uh, what are our segments? I hate it when they fight. Yeah, and... Were you paying attention? Yeah, that's that's them. Clearly, were you paying attention now has some irony to it, because you invented the podcast, mm -hmm. but... Mm -hmm. so, you also forgot to mention that we take turns picking Yeah, movies. that's the big kicker that's of us. That's the big kicker, which will probably then be used in our um, legal documents when we file for divorce. <laughs> you made me watch this movie! <laughs> this was the movie. This was the time. <laughs> this... This podcast is where it all fell apart. I'm going to feel really bad if it does. I know. I can't wait to timestamp our, <laughs> like, when our love dies. Our demise. So, for all of you, too, who did help us out throughout the week, fill out some of our social media. We asked a couple questions. For this podcast, feel free to hop over to our Twitter and Instagram account here. Make sure to check out after this podcast our questions and join the fun. Give us feedback. Give us any movie suggestions. See where you related or if you agreed with our big debates, which will get to the winner of the debate this week. And let us know how you did with our quizzes. I have some really tough questions for Kay this week. Oh, no. <laughs> All right. So for this week... It is East turn to pick the movie, so we're about to sit down and watch it. What are we watching this week, E? Well, it's probably my favorite movie. Though I think it's really hard to pick one favorite movie, but top five. If you could go to a desert island with a DVD player. Yeah. I mean, that's dating myself. A DVD player? Remember oh, the yeah, old ones so that flipped? Old. <laughs> I don't know, I guess a streaming, whatever. If I had to only watch five movies, this would be in one of them. And to prove that fact, when I finally got it on DVD, I got it on a Friday. And I can't remember why. No, oh, I lied. I got it on VHS. Yeah, oh, now you're really dating Yes. Oh, back in the day. Oh, dear. What, you, you had know, to please be kind and rewind. Question for you. What does VHS stand for? Video home system? Do you oh, know what VHS is? I was going to say vehicular hand slaughter or something. <laughs> Anyhow, so when I got it on VHS, which I'm pretty sure has nothing to do with vehicular hand slaughter, I, got, I remember distinctly I got it on a Friday and I watched it. And then somebody came home. I don't know who it was, but I convinced them to watch it with me on Friday, and then I got somebody else to watch it with me on Saturday, and then I watched it again on Sunday. So what, if you're doing the math at home, that was like four times in 36 hours? So I don't know how long the movie was, but I'm pretty sure I devoted six hours to that movie. <laughs> so we are watching The Coming of Age, Love Story, mixed with classism and confusing music based on different time periods. Dirty Dancing. All right, folks. Well, we're going to just jump right into it. Feel free to check out the movie now. You can pause the podcast and join us in just a little bit. And if you haven't seen Dirty Dancing, pause. Hit pause now and figure out how to watch it. Alright, so we wrapped up our 890th viewing for me. If you aren't at my level, get on it. But we just finished watching Dirty Dancing. Not my first time at this rodeo. It's not Kay's either because, you know, we've been together forever and a day and I forced him to watch this early on in a relationship. It was a deal breaker. Yeah, it was. Like, it was a test. It was one of the first uh, Herculean trials I had to go through. <laughs> and let me tell you, the blood, sweat, and tears that went into it. Oof. <laughs> I think but, they were my tears because you made fun of him. We'll get to the part yeah. where you made fun of it. 
But now, since we're a little bit more advanced, we actually watched it on DVD. But before we dive into the DVD portion of it, I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to say. It was my pick. So I'm going to let Kay give me his first impression of the movie. Okay. So if you haven't seen it before, Dirty Dancing, it's a movie about the heir to the White Castle dynasty. No. Johnny Castle, right? No. And he falls in love with a baby? Not quite, but close. But when we watched the DVD, so open it up, put it in, and it said there was an option for a Jennifer Gray introduction. And we're like, what? I've never seen it. We We gotta gotta watch this. Listen, people, you need to hunt down the DVD copy that offers this intro because it's worth the price of admission alone ridiculous it looked like somebody harassed jennifer gray until she was worn down and gave in went to i'm assuming her house yeah they definitely it's at her house and they're like up against the her house like she's sitting outside Mm -hmm. and she just looks she goes hi i'm jennifer gray and you're about to watch dirty dancing that was it that was it i don't even think it was 30 seconds we paid an extra 10 bucks for that we did yeah. I think the whole DVD was $5. Then when the movie started, you were telling me, well, you were making just Ugh. a lot of happy noises at the beginning. <laughs> and soundtrack. I agree with you. The opening credits of this movie are bomb bad. The- bomb bad? Yeah. Hashtag making words up. Nope. Gungan. Look it up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. Um, but they have to be the best opening credits. Just It sets the tone. It like... That those first beats drop, and mm, it's just, mm, it's just, mm. I don't know how else to say it. And I will say, I did see Dirty Dancing on Broadway, the musical version of it, and they do. I forget that you did that. They do the overture. They do the opening credits. They do. They, oh, I got chills. So the Broadway production, do they sing like original songs, or do they do? They the have music? like the band. They sing the songs. There's no original th- songs. Thank goodness, yeah. <laughs> because it the overall arching theme of Dirty Dancing is it's a cor- it's corny, it's cheesy, it's over the top. So thankfully they didn't give Johnny an exposition song. I guess I would go to Exposition Billy, which we'll get to. Yeah. But the point is, even in the musical, they still did the opening credits. They had the song, they had the um, slow motion big pictures of them dancing. <laughs> So good. I would watch that five times in a row. Now, since it's my um, 9,489th viewing of this movie, for the first time, not that I wasn't aware of it, but the scene opens with the Houseman family going to Kellerman's to go on their vacation, and they're all in the car, and Baby is narrating, and she's setting up the time period, the plot, you know, it was the summer, she wanted to join the Peace Corps, she was so excited, she was naive, she never thought anybody was being as would be as great as her dad, and it got me thinking, and if anybody out there thought this too, let me know, there's a conspiracy theory out there, you know, Game of Thrones is over, so we have to come up with alternate endings and conspiracy <laughs> theories about something, so why not right. dive into the 80s? But it's a voiceover in the beginning. She's telling the audience the story. And then the voiceover never comes back. So my question is, who is she talking to? Well, we had a theory when we were watching it that she's sitting in a nursing home (laughs) retelling the story to the nursing assistant who's, like, helping her with her bath. I know, giving her a sponge bath. (laughs) She's a (laughs) moo-moo. She's talking her about her time, her summer with Johnny Castle. (laughs) It's kind of one of those Titanic scenes where yeah. she's telling the whole story and they're just all sitting there leaning on like whatever desk they're on. And they just get like, to the sex part. You're like, ooh, <sighs> grandma. Or, but that was my other thing. What if she's telling like a grandchild? But is she telling a grandchild about the one that got away? Yeah. And just hoping that her new husband that isn't Johnny doesn't have his hearing aids in? Is she bitter? Is she reminiscing about the, the love of her life? Maybe they went off and had a dirty dancing life. or I don't know. It was just interesting. Let us know what you think. Who is she talking to? Yeah. So they arrive at Kellerman's, which in the show is set up in New York. But it's interesting because it's actually in Virginia. Or 
the resort itself is in Virginia. So Kellerman's, I'm using air quotes, but you can't see me because it's a podcast. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. That was a sound effects for the air court. We're gonna make that a thing now, ready? Uh-huh. It's actually in Virginia, but then most of the outdoor scenes involving the lake and everything. <laughs> you've been notified. That was our dog. Yeah. <laughs> She's powering up. Are in North Carolina. But they get to Kellerman's and it's apparent that, you know, the Kellerman himself is really excited to have the Housemans. You know, they make a point to say, like, you know, Dr. Houseman, her dad's a doctor. And they get there and it's very wholesome entertainment. Mm -hmm. And they immediately, one of the first things she does is go to a dance lesson in the gazebo. It is worth just going back and watching the scene because the extras are living their best life. There's a dude in like socks and sandals that is just getting it, just shaking his booty. But also, since this is my 12,486th viewing of this movie, there's a guy in a bathrobe, which I never noticed before. I so, didn't even notice this. You had to pause it. I had to pause. We went back, back. We went back. Pause. I said, look at the dude in the bathrobe who's also living his best life. Like, he knows how to vacation. He's like, I am putting on pants. Mm -mm. I'm going to wear me a fluffy robe. I'm going to probably already had like, some sidecars because it's in the 60s. And I'm going to dance some merengue in my robe. Yeah, he's probably, like, some CFO of a major company. And he was like, I'm on vacation. Or he's that creepy person that you will eventually have to pull aside and tell them they have to wear underwear. Maybe. So we wanted to talk about what this movie was truly about. Because, yeah, 80s love story for sure. But of course. I mean, the heavy theme throughout this was shown in the scene that we're going to be talking about where Kellerman's talking to all the staff and explains to them what their well, role is. Well, specifically, he's talking to the waiters yeah. who are all men. So it's it's really a movie about classism in a way. Yeah. So what so does... if you go write your PhD thesis about analyzing the classism undertones of Dirty Dancing... Just like hashtag what should we watch with Katie and yeah. let us know. Let us be a reference for you. And You're when welcome. you fail your dissertation, sorry. <laughs> we're credible. <laughs> I like to think we're credible. So Kellerman says to the wait staff, you guys need to do this and that. You need to get the girls all excited, even the dogs. Yeah, like take them out, show them a good time, even the dogs. Ugh. What a horrible, 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 so slimy, so sleazy. Mm -hmm. And then Johnny and his crew come in who are the dancers and everybody's like, Ew, well, and of course the wait staff is in their weight uniforms and they're these crisp white jackets. And then the dance people walk in the entertainment staff is what they called it. Oh, the mm -hmm. entertainment people walk in. With, like, such a dirty word, entertainment people. But they walk in and I mean, in, in their defense, Johnny Castle does walk in like a moron wearing sunglasses at night. It wasn't quite night. Give him some... He's cool. He's cool. <laughs> but they're wearing all black, so it's automatically kind of sharking and yeah. jetsing it up in here. <laughs> hey, boy. Crazy boy. Stay cool, boy. So now we have, like, two musical references in one podcast. It might be a new record. You're welcome. But definitely, there's a lot of undertones that even progress through the movie, which I'm sure we'll get to when we talk more about the dynamics amongst the characters. But it, the, the overarching issue is classism, I really feel like. Even the waitstaff are students who are, are young men who are going to pursue academia at the higher level and be doctors and lawyers. So that's acceptable, but... The dancers, the entertainment staff, this is their their career. So it was frowned upon. Yeah, and that's really the whole point of the movie. Their love and the big conflict throughout the movie is based on issues of classism. Kind of Romeo and Juliet, just not worrying families, worrying True. social statuses. Yeah. Even Kellerman's grandson, who in the movie is trying to woo baby makes a point to say you know i'm i am kellerman's grandson i can get whatever i want he even like Lovely he's boss. i think he says something along the lines of like i'm rich i can do whatever i want i even stole the lifeguard's girlfriend when i told her what my last name was come on but baby don't fall for that 
Quantity or quality? She want quality. Oh, can I uh, talk about my favorite line in the movie? Well, that leads to it because she ditches Kellerman and she sees Billy, who's a character. It's actually Johnny's cousin who works there. Who we call... Exposition Billy, which you'll find out why. But he's carrying... First of all, somebody find me watermelons that exist in the universe that are shaped this way. Maybe the props department was just See, like... See, that's the problem with GMOs nowadays. Is I know. You can't get monster they're, watermelons they're anymore. They're obscene looking. That's why GMOs were invented, because we had to clone the smaller, tame watermelons, because watermelons were becoming so monstrous and grotesque that we were worried they were be- going to become sentient. They so we had to cut them off. <laughs> but honestly, I feel like that was the props department cave, like three normal sized watermelons which let's be honest carrying three normal sized watermelons for anybody an exposition billy is not that big would have been difficult the director's like nah I need to be bigger so they go back and they come up with these oblong the, hot dog director, shaped watermelons the director was Vince McMahon by the way guys <laughs> good good watermelons here watermelons they're gonna love it it's gonna be great she helps Billy with the watermelon and they like go up the hill and even the entertainment staff is up on a hill in the dark away and you can hear the pulsating I'm music. I'm just getting excited of you <laughs> leading up to this because so they, of what's coming. And Billy just uses his butt and throws these doors open and baby's face is widened and it's just a mass of gyrating, sweaty, undulating, grinding, thrusting, but they're, they're dirty. They are, air quotes, dirty dancing sound (laughs) at that point which the director um apparently they had to cut now this is in the 80s when the movie came out apparently there is on the cutting room floor so many more i don't know hours minutes of these dance scenes that they made them cut down because they said they were too risque oh jeez i know which then leads to, we're not getting to your line yet, we're setting it up. You thought I was sweating because of all the descriptions you were giving on the dancing? No, I'm sweating because my favorite line is coming up. <laughs> so then, of course, Johnny and Penny, his dance partner, who we'd already seen just tearing it up on the dance floor for, like, the upper class. Yeah, she's amazing. Da- oh, love it. I love that. That's probably one of my favorite dance numbers. I know the iconic dance number at the end is so amazing and everybody praises it. And it is a good dance number. But Penny and Johnny's dance number in the, like, when you first see them dance together is just... Because Jennifer Grey was not a trained dancer. Mm-mm. But uh, Patrick Swayze was. His mom was yeah. a choreographer. Was it both of his parents were? They were I both think, entertainment. They were both involved. And I want to yeah. say the actress that played Penny also had a dance background, but they just killed it. She was in flash dance. Yeah. Um, before or after. That. Which I guess you couldn't have baby be a trained dancer. It wouldn't have worked. Yeah. That's the I, whole I, point. You might have, but that's uh, best dance ever. So. So they all show up to the party. Which, of course, they jump into the gyrating, and I we both agreed. We both looked at each other at this point. We are like, we wish one time. All I want, all I want is that one time we walk into a party and we are greeted like Penny and Johnny. Yeah, we, we were saying how I don't think we were even greeted this way at our wedding. I mean, y'all did a good job, <laughs> but... You didn't go, hey! I know. Well, I think at that point, like, we did the whole Catholic mass, and they, they were hungry, and they were dead. There. Let's be yeah, honest. Yeah, our pregame wasn't going hard. When so. you were, when you're at a wedding and the bride and groom come in, all you're thinking is, I get to eat soon. <laughs> Yay! Puzzle top, let's eat! <laughs> prime rib, prime rib. <laughs> we did not have prime rib. We did. Did we? I think so. Oh, we so fancy. I didn't eat it. But... So then Johnny sees Baby, who is an outsider, and approaches her and goes to Billy. What is she doing here? And your favorite line, drumroll please. The first thing she says to the love of her life. She doesn't know that yet. She's infatuated with him. Right, she's infatuated Infatuated. with him. And the first thing she says to him is, with the most starstruck eyes ever, is, I carried the watermelon. You made her sound like she was a creepy person she did not say it like that okay let me try it again i carried the watermelon is that better no i'm a little afraid she was taken we've all said this 
We've all said we've all said I carried the watermelon. <laughs> if you one carried a watermelon, lives. you did. But let's back this choo-choo train up, Mister. I put my foot in my mouth so much I can open a shoe store. <laughs> True. She was out of her element, which was clear when Johnny took her to try to teach her to go dancing, and it was so funny. I'm surprised he didn't bruise his nether regions because she was just off rhythm the whole time. But you could tell she got bit. The dirty dancing bug. So when you're talking about the dancing, that leads us into the plot. There is medical situation where Penny finds out she got pregnant by Robbie the Creep. Robbie the Creep. Penny got knocked up by Robbie the Creep. Which is the issue of classism is she doesn't know what she's going to do about having a baby. She doesn't know she can. So she looks to end the pregnancy but the issue is, is one way or another, she can't stop working. Well, it's also the 60s, so... Mm-hmm, and the stigma assigned with it. So she is about to lose one of her gigs with Johnny. Mm-hmm. And that's when Baby steps in and is like, I can fill in. Well, no, she asked if anybody else could fill in and they snapped at her. Like, oh. everybody around here works. That's right, because Penny looked at her and was just like, you're... What are you going to do? You're going to do it yourself? That's when... That's when, um... Go back to your playpen, baby. Yeah. That's when, uh, um... What's his name? Exposition Billy. He steps in. He explains everything. But right. And he's Kay like, said, it's not a bad idea. I think we could make a movie out of it. <laughs> I mean... I think it'll work. So that's how Baby ends up taking Penny's role. Because... Well, and on top of it, Penny... Needs $250 to have the procedure done to terminate the pregnancy. And baby goes, and this is important, baby goes and asks her father for the money. Yeah. And does not tell him what it's for. Yeah. That, that's important. It will come back. It will come back. Thus starts baby's, what would dance you call lessons. it, montage? <gasps> One of the best dance montages ever. A lot of bests in here. What song are they playing? Oh, it's that's that's when they're playing. And she's like dancing on the bridge. That is another favorite scene of mine when she's dancing on the bridge and she does that like freak out. She's just like, ah! That's <laughs> great. When they keep showing her going up and down the stairs and I love it because as she goes up and down the stairs and they show it, they show her evolving into, you know, getting used to it. She's wearing less and less clothes. Clothing. She's putting lipstick on before she goes dances. That two, three. Doo-doom. Doo-doom. When he puts his hand on her. Oh, yeah, he's doing that little. Mm-hmm. He's like just doing two fingers, too. It's like really. Yeah, well, we oh, should. He's so cool. It's so Swayze, two fingers. Yeah. Just pounding on the chest. Oh, it's getting my heart pounding here. <sighs> so it's the whole montage. I want to. It's like two solid songs straight through. And baby's wearing your shoes. Your my shoes. shoes. People call them Keds, but they're the little white, like, very thin-soled sneakers. I call them be- or dirty dancing shoes. So, like, when I say, oh, I'm going to wear my dirty dancing shoes, that's what I mean. When we get to the end of that montage section here, that's when we come to some of the more famous scenes of dirty dancing, where they go out to the lake, and... Which apparently was for reason because they got delayed. So they were doing this in September or it was late. It was past August when they were doing the late scene. And there's so many interviews where they both the actors are quoted and saying it was so freezing. Um, that was a fun fact that I looked up in general. Some of the outdoor scenes that they were shooting in. Mm-hmm. You know why there's no close-ups when they're outside? Not even in the water, but mm-hmm. like outside in general. Because it was so cold there, the actors' lips were turning blue and they were chattering because it's supposed to be the dead of summer. It's supposed to right be at the start of summer. Um, But in the lake scene, they were freezing. And Jennifer Grey, I believe, in an interview said that she turned and looked at the cast, the crew, all in, like, coats, like, winter coats. And they're in the lake. They were spraying leaves because they they were starting to turn. Wait, how did they do that? There were so many trees in the background. I don't know. And this is before CGI, so it's not like they could CGI green trees. True, yeah. And those were the scenes that were in North Carolina, too. Nice. Yeah. And then... Poor Patrick Swayze fell off the log. So he insisted, if you look oh, at the log scene, that is him. But then they had a stunt double for Jennifer Grey. And Patrick Swayze, I guess, fell off the log. Poor okay. guy. What happened to him? Did he get hurt? I think he broke his ankle. 
Aww. Um, which is not good for a dance movie, but you know. He probably carried on for his art. Mm-hmm. And then comes the second best dance montage. Hungry Eyes. Johnny and Penny and Baby are all in the studio and the song Hungry Eyes comes on and they're just in like the super high-waisted, which is weird, 80s leotards now that I'm thinking about it, but it was set in the 60s, so that's odd. But nonetheless, they're... Oh. So picture, if you will, they're in this white studio. Okay. Um, Patrick Swayze, I believe, is topless. Nice. <laughs> Um, Penny's in like a black leotard and tights. Okay, not as nice, but... And then Baby's also in dark? Can't remember, but she's in the same thing. And they're just these glorious dancing bodies glistening with sweat. And it's Johnny and it's Baby. And then Penny is behind Baby to help her with her frame, her carriage of her arms. So would you say Baby is like the cream in this Oreo? Yes. Like the cream of the crop. Yes. Not the cream of the crop. Oh. And it's just, it's amazing because she's looking at her feet dancing. Johnny is looking at Penny, who's behind Baby. And then Baby looks up with these doe eyes. And she's just looking at Johnny like, I did it. I'm falling in love with you. Ha! And Penny and Johnny are both looking at each other with some apprehension. And I think that's when Penny was like, don't you be falling for her. She might have sensed the chemistry. Oh, mm -hmm. it's such a good scene. Speaking of their chemistry, another fact that we found out reading about this, I think you knew about this beforehand, but when I was reading a little bit into the movie was both Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey, they previously worked in Red Dawn together. And on the set of Red Dawn, they were very much known to not get along with each other. And they were casted in this role. Casted? Casted. Mm -hmm. They were put in these roles in Dirty Dancing knowing that they didn't have the best chemistry. So I think that's interesting that they... Well, chemistry... They had chemistry on screen. Yeah, I guess they had chemistry. It's that just their their personalities didn't mesh mm -hmm. off screen. Which in the beginning, I guess, they, from stories I've heard, they weren't off to a bad start. And then as filming... I mean, it sounded like it was a very hard shoot between the weather and the demands and it's physically exhausting because right. you have to have all those rehearsals for the dance numbers. And Patrick Swayze was, you know, trained, so he was frustrated with her. Very much like Gene Kelly and um, Debbie Reynolds. Yeah, in Singing in the Rain. In Singing in the Rain. Kind of that dynamic existed. However, they... And as they were progressing through it, they that's when the tensions really started to mount. They showed them the screen test of them dancing together to be like, remember, you guys could do this. <laughs> Go back to it. Remember when you two got along? But that, um, the famous scene of Patrick Swayze brings Jennifer Grace, he, you know. Yeah. I, did you notice like when they do that like little pet thing? Mm -hmm. that, Down that her thing? arm. Yeah. Do you feel like they did it? remember them doing it that many times over and over again oh they do it uh, like at least 10 times over and, and over again it was the end of the song too so it just kept going hungry eyes hungry and i was there was one more that happened that i didn't remember them going for it well and that's the point that scene took that many times because she was laughing and he was getting mad so that's unscripted yeah his face at one point is just a total look of i am so over this which oh. also, another scene that I don't know if you knew was unscripted was, how do you call your lover boy? Really? That scene was unscripted. They, um, so it's it's later in the movie, but this is when Johnny and Baby have cemented their relationship, which we'll get to. And it's a very famous scene where they're in the studio and they're on the floor and it's, oh, Sylvia, how do you call your lover boy? And they're mouthing, they're lip syncing to the song. And apparently, the so that's where it's interesting, where they were bickering, but then they did kind of ease into it. The two of them were goofing off when they weren't filming, and the producers and the director saw it and said, we got to put that in the movie. Yeah, good So that call. wasn't scripted, yeah. All right, before we continue with the peanut gallery, we are going to take a quick break, so we'll be right back. Thoughtful, engaging, innovative, productive, and kind. Aspects all girls possess and have the ability to cultivate through the Joy Journal. 
The Joy Journal is designed for girls to discover their unique self through engaging and guided activities. Created by one of our favorite mother-daughter duos, this journal is filled with fun activities such as finding the music that matches your personality and making a vibrant vision board to help visualize your goals. Through the Joy Journal, that special person in your life will discover self-acceptance and self-love using this creative journal through kid-friendly illustrations and innovative activities. Right now, the creators of the Joy Journal are running a special promotion for our listeners. As our listeners, if you purchase one journal, they will donate a second journal to a program or school that serves young girls, allowing young girls and women the opportunity to use this amazing book as a tool for self-reflection and help them gain confidence and kindness as they live and grow. So pick one up for yourself or for that someone in your life that can use this journal to awaken the rock star within themselves. Even I, a grown man, well, kind of, find that this journal has helped me improve my confidence in myself and my skills. To grab a copy and in turn donate one to a girl in need, head over to the website empowerminds.mykajabi, that is M-Y-K-A-J-A-B-I dot com, and type into their code section WSWW to get a donated copy sent to that girl that would need it so much. Thank you! all these rehearsal montages and then of course the big night comes up and they go to the Sheldrake to perform and they do well but baby chickens out you know what I just focused really hard on you right there because I feel like Sheldrake is going to be one of the answers to the questions you're going to answer me Sheldrake 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 yeah that's not it you said Sheldrake 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 thank you could be saying that I'm confused I'm going to store that in my memory banks. So, of course, everything goes well on their end, but what does not go well is Penny's procedure that she had done. And when Baby and Johnny show up, that's when Exposition Billy comes in, just updates them. That he, The doctor had a dirty knife and a folding table, and he could hear her screaming, and he tried to get in the door. He really tried. Did he try I that I don't think hard? so, because these are like... When you would go to sleepaway camp in fifth grade right. with, you know, the door that you're you're pretty much, you can be in there, but all the bugs can also go freely. And it's like that, the eye <laughs> hook, the eye hook latch. Mm-hmm. Like, Billy, I know you're not a big guy, but did you? I tried. Re- I tried. Did you? Did you? Billy, you could have solved a lot of problems. So to remedy it, of course, it's just so happens that baby's dad is a doctor so she rushes down the hill and you know the poor mother is just clueless because she don't wake up and he um dr houseman comes and sees penny and goes to treat her but made a point he made a point because he knew she had an abortion she he knew that happened and he asks who is responsible for this girl And Johnny said, me, which ultimately you knew he was asking who knocked this broad up, which it was not Johnny. Yeah, which was a good move on his behalf to help cover. And he's like Mr. Houseman. He he does an excellent job. He just really wants to take care of Penny. And oh, he's judging. He's oh, he is judging. He's judging. Judging McJuggerson over there. 100%. Well, then, of course, he scolds baby. You know, saying, that's what my money bought. How can you be with those people? I expected more of you. And take that stuff off your face because she still has her stage makeup on. Well, does baby do that? No. (laughs) Oh, she takes it off, all right. On Johnny's booty. (laughs) (laughs) So, of course, the infinite love scene, which people have said her line of, and most of all, I'm afraid of, I, can't, I don't know the line exactly because I'm just at that point sobbing like, like a I'm afraid of leaving, this, leaving here. And leaving never this feeling the way I feel when I'm with you. Yeah. She tells him, you're everything when he talks about how he feels like he's nothing. Yes. But before they have that conversation, those were two separate conversations, they make love. Well, first, before they dance. Oh, yeah, they don't make love, they dance. Which, you know. (laughs) 
All right, children. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, you know, the, the, the climax for both of them, not the climax of the movie, the climax of their relationship, the tension, whoop, whoop. <laughs> happens right then and there. But, yeah, Johnny's butt, though. Mm-hmm. That butt, though. That butt, though. Mm-hmm. So after they do their thing, they're out sneaking out of there. There's several other scenes. They kind of keep their relationship hidden. Oh, that's right. The movie goes on. They're kind of hiding the relationship. They're still sneaking around together. So there's the bungalow bunnies that are the women who come up Monday through Friday without their husbands to the resort. Husbands come up on the weekend. Well, this one bungalow bunny was basically using Johnny Castle for his castle. <laughs> and he cut it off. He didn't want to do that anymore because she was buying dance lessons that took place at 10 o'clock at night. That's usually when I dance. So when the bungalow bunny is leaving another Robbie the Creeps cabin, she sees baby leaving in the morning. Which, by the way, how come Johnny has, you know, the nice, like... Yeah, he's got a huge He's got, spread. like, his whole, like, loft to himself. Yeah. I mean, if you're gonna be slumming in the eyes of your parents, you might as well go to the one with the biggest cabin. Ayo! Exhale. But nonetheless, what happens from there is Bungalow Bunny wants revenge, so she pins the missing wallets, the stolen wallets, on Johnny. And then there's this, I mean, it's super awkward. Like, I know there's children listening, but they're getting educated. It's super awkward to admit to your parents that you are engaged in mature physical relationships. But, you know, Mr. Kellerman is talking to um, the houseman saying that he's got to go fire Johnny because of the stolen wallets. It was stolen last night. And baby's like, I know he didn't do it. They're like, yes, he did. She's like, I know he didn't do it. And you can just feel it's the whole like. You know what she should have said in that situation? Hmm. I carried the watermelon. (laughs) There was no watermelon. There was grapefruit on the table. So at that point, you know, it's like, whoopsies. And then Mr. Houseman wanted to leave. Doesn't he want, like, Johnny to leave? Well, no. They were going to fire Johnny, and then she thought she saved his job, but unfortunately he still got fired. Yeah. Um, But Mr. Houseman, or Dr. Houseman, wanted to leave early. Like, he was so fed up. He wanted to leave early. But this is when Lisa gets her She's really, like... The catalyst to the big dance number at the end. If it wasn't for her, because mm-hmm. the talent show. You know what? She did. She was the one who wanted to stay, and she convinced Teddy to she stay. She more or less wore him down. But Lisa, we were commenting the whole time. Poor Lisa. Oh, honey. Oh, honey. It, it is very obvious that Mr. Houseman favors one of his daughters over the other. I know. Could they make it any more obvious? Horrid. Well, we will get to the dynamics that circle around fighting for Dr. Hausman's affection in our I hate it when they fight section. So tune in. Well, who really, really is pining after Dr. Hausman's love? Since we're on the subject of Lisa. She's a moron. Yeah. <laughs> Her one line. So another scene that E here noticed and I didn't notice at first. And she was like, did you hear what he said? She said. So we rewinded it. But we heard her say to her dad when her dad and her are walking along with Robbie. Who Talking at this about point, political. Yeah, when the, at this point, Robbie, Mr. Houseman doesn't know he's a creep yet. And they're just having he's a conversation. A and they are having a political conversation. Current affairs. Lisa says, when Vietnam falls, is China next? <laughs> oh, honey. <laughs> So, Lisa Hausman, if you ever run for political office... You'll get elected. This is on your record. (laughs) Yeah, you'll get elected for sure. Now, of course, though, you know, like we said, Johnny still gets fired because classism. And they kind of just leave with this... I don't know. And he does that cool, like, thing with his hands. Dude, Johnny is so cool. Several times throughout the movie, like when he... When they're going to go run off in the car and he forgot the car keys, he like kicks this little post out of the ground and like and such smashes a dancer the window. He was like, and one and two and three and four and five. He six, made it look seven. so easy. He did. And then that's when baby's in the car and she yells at him, You're wild. Oh, aren't you? So 
going Je- back to yeah. what we were talking about when they're leaving he totally says something along the lines which in modern days would translate to so um i'll text you well and that's the thing it's in the 60s so it's not like i mean did he, they exchange phone numbers do they are they gonna write love letters to each other like you can find her on Facebook. And then Baby has the really sad, sad conversation with her dad where she says... Oh, she let him have it. Mm-hmm. You let me down too. And he doesn't say a word. Oh, I love that. That is a great shot when they are looking at him and Baby. And when she walks away, he turns to say something to her, but he realizes she's gone. He lost and then he just girl. looks out to mm-hmm. the lake. And that brings us to... The, the talent show. Yes, the the culmination of it all, where they go to the talent show and Lisa sings her. That's my impression of it. Wow, that that was that was spot on. <laughs> Are you trying to tell me that I do a good impression, or um, I'm a bad singer? Uh, we'll go with the first one. All right. So of course, baby is sitting there and she doesn't look happy. The entertainment staff, Johnny, is in charge was supposed to be in charge of doing a final dance number. And during the Oh Sylvia, How Do You Call Your Lover Boy scene that was improvised, Kellerman's grandson comes up and says, we want to talk to you about the closing number. And Johnny's all excited because he's like, oh, we have this like Cuban fusion salsa with a merengue, like a merengue feel. And he has this new dance thing that they wanted to do. And Kellerman was like, no, you're going to do the pachanga. And Johnny's upset because he feels stifled by their their set and their ways and he wants to do something new. Or he just hates the pachanga. I mean, who doesn't? Right. Unless we love it, then we love it too. Ew. Hashtag pachanga for life. <laughs> Hashtag pachanga, ew. <laughs> so, you know, that's supposed to be the closing number. And then all of a sudden, Johnny shows up. And then he says the line, which Patrick Swayze did not want to say should we add little fact about the movie he was not a huge fan of this line i guess i mean let's be honest they gave patrick swayze some cornball lines yeah <laughs> poor guy he did have throughout this movie a couple bad lines but... yeah but that one just worked it is cheesy that's a, it's a cheesy movie it's mm-hmm. okay though it's okay but of course the famous line is nobody puts baby in a corner and he like takes baby and it goes up on stage but really a corner yeah is she in a corner though it's kind of more like a nook a, yeah a nook i feel like that's when <laughs> this the, the the set design people looked around and then the script person was like um hey uh jerry we got a problem see we're gonna put her here at this table and there is no corner huh <sighs> so they built like this stone like thing that came out of the wall so she was more in a nook before they go to that scene kellerman Did you notice he, like, basically had an existential crisis? (laughs) Like, the things he was saying, it makes me actually almost wonder if this movie is actually a Groundhog Day theme, where... What? Kellerman... No. ...is actually from the future, but he keeps living in a time back in the 1950s where everything's okay and the summers are fun. Groundhog? Because he says something about how it seems like it's all fleeting. It seems like it's all going away, which that kind of vacationing, that's not as done anymore. So he was kind of right. So me thinks Kellerman is a time traveler. What? Some of them, he would have had some Were of them. Were you drinking the wine during this movie? <laughs> that popcorn tasted real funny. Oh. But would no, you say he's just, he had he's some having... pine salt particles? <laughs> Not a pine salt particle. No, Kellerman is having an existential crisis because it's the 50s to the 60s. Things are changing. He is not a time traveler. How do you explain them playing the time of your life right after that when they do big do the big dance number then? I don't know. Time travel is possible. There you go. Pine you heard here first, ladies and gents. But of course, that leads them into Johnny saying that he's always done the dance and kind of professes his love for baby and then they do the iconic dance number and it's just it's the same dance number that they did at the Sheldrake but now it's just she's more having more fun and she's in the pink dress and he's in the black and he jumps off the stage and ah so good and then baby's mom you pointed out to me that baby's mom who is oh what's the actress's name played by like Emily Gilmore 
Let me look it up. Kelly right. Bishop. Yes, Kelly Bishop. She previously was She in... was in the original cast of A Chorus Line on Broadway. So yeah. she has a line when Baby's dancing and she goes, she gets it from me. Which I don't know if it was an intentional, but it's just kind of a fun little That's like, cute. hey. But of course, Kay, you are the one who told me, this is a dirty dancing fact I did not know about, <gasps> that the lift. Mm-hmm. So this is where I'm setting you up to tell the listeners the thing that you told me that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the lift? Oh. <laughs> so the lift. Did you know? <laughs> no. As you just pointed out that you didn't, that the lift was actually only done once and they never rehearsed it. Well, outside of the water. I'm sure they. No, they. No? She never went up. She never went up in the air. And of course, Patrick Swayze was very nervous about this. But the reason they didn't was Jennifer Grey was nervous about doing it. And she felt like she would lose her nerves if she failed and fell. Mm -hmm. So they just all agreed that they would just do it in one take. And boy, did they nail it because it looked good. It looked so it good. Too. I feel like at that point, everybody on the crew went. <gasps> Right? And as soon as they said cut, everybody was probably like, yes! yes. <laughs> Thank the Lord! So it, it wraps up with a happy dance number. Um, at this point, Dr. Houseman knows that it's Robbie the creep that knocked Penny up, and he's disappointed in him, and he apologizes to Johnny. But the question is, do they live happily ever after? You know what? It's an 80s movie, so... Nobody cares. They had a hey. They had the time of their lives. I know this is back when they were trying to pump out sequel after sequel, which they tried to, um, and they should have just left oh, yeah, it they alone. Did. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about Havana Nights. And then there was a horrible remake, I think, for TV. Havana Nights. Was it Havana? <laughs> no, it wasn't Havana Nights. I think it's Savannah Nights. Is it Havana Nights? I don't know. Let us know in the comments. No, it's below. definitely Havana Nights. I would know. So that kind of sums up at least our take in the peanut gallery on the movie. So now we're going to move into I Hate It When They Fight. All right, before we get started with this week's fight, let's review the results of last week's fight, shall we? Yes, shall we? Oh. So the results are in. Mm-hmm. Um, Tell me. I don't know if I want to. Yes, you do. <laughs> Tell everyone. All right, Tell so them. Them. for all of you who didn't listen to the last week's podcast or haven't been on social media, we asked the question for Avengers Endgame, did Thanos' character get what he deserved in Endgame? So I said, no, he didn't. I said, yes, he did. So we put a poll up on Twitter, and then we also had a few other people just throw us responses. So you can feel free to communicate with us in whatever way you want, because I know everybody doesn't have Twitter or Instagram. And you all did it the right way, because... <laughs> because the results are in across all of our platforms, as well as a couple phone calls and text <laughs> messages. The uh, response was 100% yes, of the Agreed with Say me. it! Yes! Hand it over. And nobody agreed Hand with me. Hand it over. Sad face. Okay, Hand so you all betrayed me, but Hand he... it over. The people that have spoken. So what we're going to do is whoever wins is going to win the I'm always right belt. So he... Hashtag and still. You are now... I am the inaugural. The I'm inaugural always right. champion. So this week's fight, we're going to unpack and debate where the real love story in Dirty Dancing lies. And the question is, who really is vying for the attention and the affection of Dr. Houseman? Is it Lisa or Johnny? Where is that true love story? So I say Lisa is truly the one fighting for the love here. Okay. Okay. And then I, on the other side, I okay. think Johnny is vying for it. And okay. That's what this movie is about. All right. Okay. I'm going to give you 30 seconds on the clock. All right. And go. Okay, first of all, it is her father. And we don't know how old she is, but she's probably in her early 20s. So for 20 years, she has been vying for this man, man's affection. And this 
do-good little baby who just walks up and clear. I mean, she lied to her father to have an illegal procedure done. And it is Lisa who just desperately wants her dad's, her love and affection. It's Lisa who's like, I'll feel pretty when she's trying to tell him the song. I feel pretty. Maybe I'll feel. And he just gets up and walks away from her. Oh, you're getting some extra time, huh? I am. All right, Look give me the you. timer. Give me the timer. <laughs> All right. You want the power. Are you marked? It's set. Wait, oh, time is starting. Okay, so <laughs> I think the true love relationship in this movie is actually all about Mr. Houseman and Johnny Castle because he looks at Johnny, um, he looks down on Johnny, but Johnny really wants him to love him. He really wants that father figure in Mr. Houseman. He wants him to accept him. So he does things like he vouches for Penny because he thinks it's the right thing to do. He looks at Baby and he points out to Mr. Houseman, I want to do what's best for her and I don't care what you have to say. This is what she wants. She's going to get what she wants. Really? Let me poke holes in that argument. So now we go into the two minute fight. Fight section. So right. here we go and start. Everything you said was Johnny self-induced, self-driven. He vouched for a penny because he knew it was the right thing to do. Not because he was trying to impress Dr. Houseman. That's his friend and his dance partner and his companion. He truly deeply cares for her. For but her. Lisa is not really necessarily looking for a love relationship. She, just she wants, wants to the be love better of her father. Baby. No, she wants the love of her father. It is clear. You even said it yourself. Go back and listen, people. He said it. Kay said least baby is clearly the favorite child is she the favorite she is until she stops it with johnny but that's nonetheless but then like that pleading of lisa was like oh but i'm gonna sing and he's like he sighs he's like oh what are you gonna sing and he gets up in mid-conversation when lisa's so proud about her gonna sing he gets up and walks away from the girl and but she chases after with him every love story at the end there's usually some resolve that has Oh, look, they're going to live happily ever after. Or at least, oh, they're parting ways, but there will always be that relationship that one summer Okay, we don't even know if Johnny and Baby stay together, so his relationship with Dr. Houseman could be over. Lisa's entire life... Lisa's entire life is vying for this man's affection, and we don't know if he gets it. At the end of the movie, Johnny gets that scene with Mr. Houseman where Mr. Houseman basically says to him, like... Yeah, we it's good. not. It's not a conversation of who gets the love. It's who has the more true love story. And what makes a good love story is heartache and longing and passion and trials and tribulations. And that's Lisa's entire life. But Lisa doesn't get anything at the end of the movie. Doesn't, the we the movie, never said how to be a happy ending. Johnny is the one that had some sort of resolve with Mr. Houseman. Doesn't mean it was it a happy your ending. Heart swell. Yeah, and then your heart broke for Lisa because she never got her father's approval or love. We're not saying who won. We're saying who had the better love story. Who was vying for his attention more? And it goes back to Lisa. Johnny can it dance. Is, Lisa can't sing. It's her daughter. <laughs> All right. All right. So you have a 10-second rebuttal, and I have a five-second rebuttal. So give All me right. this. Your 10 seconds starts now. Rebuttal. All right. Lisa has nothing of a relationship with her dad besides <laughs> I want to be I want to be your favorite daughter and then there's nothing complete at the end of the movie. Hang on a second. My 10 seconds was started. You said, "All right, 10 seconds starts now." And I was already 3 seconds <laughs> in by 10 seconds. Oh well. I'll give you 3 seconds, it. right? I, no, I didn't need it. All right, fine. I didn't need it. 5 seconds. It is his daughter and he it's her entire life is trying to get this man's love and affection. Entire life. Entire life. How you let it go over? <laughs> You said entire life twice over. I'm seconds. just stressing my opinion. So, universe, let us know who is the real love story? Who wants it more? So, you can chime in by checking out our Facebook or Instagram at What Should We Watch Podcast on Facebook or Instagram. Or you can go to our Twitter account at WSW Watch Podcast and cast your vote. We'll hopefully post that on the day of. And we'll have it open for a couple days. And you can also feel free to email us, send us a comment on our podcast websites on Podbean or iTunes. And we will see who is right for this week. I am, because Lisa wants it more. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. So since it was my pick this week, I sat down, dug deep into dirty dancing lore and history and filmography and came up with several questions for Kay for this week's edition of Were You Paying Attention? 
All right, right. you ready? Yep, let's hear okay. it. Okay. I'm ready. I've been studying. You have not. First question. What song was playing in the opening scene? Not the opening credits. The opening scene? The opening scene. Not the opening credits. Do you know what the opening scene was? Yeah, when they were driving in the mm-hmm. car. What song is playing? Is it Hey Baby? <gasps> what song is it? Because the opening credits is... Be my little baby. Oh, too bad that's not what I'm asking you. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like, you know, we talked about the, it's a song from the time period. Okay. And it really sets up the naive essence that is baby. Big Girls Don't Cry. Yes! That's the song? Yeah, Big Girls Don't Cry. By By the Four Seasons. Yes. Woo! Go. All right, in her opening narrative, staying in the same scene, in her opening narrative, what can't baby wait to do? Join the Peace Corps. Join the Peace Corps. Nice. Oh. All right, this is a two-parter. First, what is baby's real name? Okay. And who is she named after? Well, her name is Shania, after (laughs) Shania Twain. (laughs) No. No, her first name is Frances. Okay, named after who? Named after the first woman in the cabinet. Yes. Do you know the full name of the first woman in the cabinet? Frances S. Christ. (laughs) (laughs) Frances C. Perkins, the first woman in the cabinet. Oh. What was Johnny surviving on before he started working at Kellerman's? Ramen noodles. No, not ramen noodles. Surviving on? Yes. What job he had? No, he said, what was he surviving on as a food item? Oh. Um, I'm going to guess little, little burgers. Uh, <laughs> no, he's nothing to do with White Castle. Nothing to do with the food. The little sliders. No, uh, not sliders. Oh, what I was he know. surviving on? It's such a weird word. A weird word? Yes. Tilapas? No. <laughs> no. He's, and it's just, it's, I don't know, it just sticks out like a sore thumb when he says it. Hmm. Spam? No. Three syllables. Spaghetti. <laughs> no. Uh. <laughs> you were... Making the motion to clap before you said spaghetti out loud because you're <laughs> testing to see if it actually had the syllables. Oh, Lord. I think it's, again, specific to the time period. Oh. Cigarettes. Yeah, uh. no. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> so filling. Woo! <laughs> you give up? One yeah, more guess. Um, I'll do one more guess. Um, uh... I'm going to say his mom's no, famous stop, ham loaf. Stop. Jujubes. Jujubes. Oh. Okay. All right. You ready? I should have known that. I wouldn't have what known. is the full name of Kellerman's? <laughs> Kellerman's Country Lodge and Resort or Kellerman's Mountain House? Can I make up my own answer? No, it's one of those two. Okay. I'm going to go with A. The resort. False. Oh. Kellerman's Mountain House. Oh, in the Alleghenies. Yes. What book does Robbie the Creep give to Baby and say he wanted back because he had notes in the margins? Catcher in the Rye? Nope. Uh. <laughs> so quick to be so wrong. Great Gatsby? Nope. Uh. The Bible? Uh. <laughs> nope. Precious. Nope. <laughs> You're striking out. Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? Yeah, uh, no! Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets. Yes, uh, okay. no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, man, I'm striking out. I'm going to have to phone a friend. You don't have any friends to phone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, Give up. One more guess. is of that era 1950s uh, 1950 you're singing a white zombie song <laughs> 
It's not the question. Take another one more stab. Is that a clue? No. Oh. Can I have another clue? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> no. Uh, no. <laughs> Grapes of Wrath. No, the Fountainhead. Yeah. Would not have gotten that. <laughs> All right. Last question, but then I have a bonus question for you. Okay. What Doing song? Great. What song is playing when Baby and Johnny do the horizontal tango? That's that's alluding to them doing the dirty deed, which is coitus. What song is playing when oh, they have coitus? Quitting. <laughs> it's not Hungry Eyes because they played that earlier. No. It's, it's not one of the 80s songs, I don't think. Or is it? No. Is it a Righteous Brothers song? <laughs> thinking wrong Patrick Swayze love scene. Oh, man. I should know these. These are like within my wheelhouse. The love scene. Love and touch and squeezing. No. Do you want me to play five seconds of the song? Yeah. No, you don't even have to play me five. Play me one. Two seconds. Two seconds. Oh. Listeners, if you yell really hard, <laughs> we can hear. I might be able to hear you in the past. And five. And across four, the internet. Listeners, come on. Three. Please. Two. I need you. One. Cry to Me by Solomon Burke. Oh, Solomon Burke. All right, Burke. here's your bonus question, just because you kept saying the wrong decades. Yeah. What year did they say the movie takes place? Oh, it's the summer of... Oh, man. I'm trying to think of the political situations that they mentioned. Because it was before Kennedy got shot. What year was that? Is it 52? No. What year was that? 51? No. 53? No. Oh, I thought it was the early 50s. 1958? Nope. 1955? No. 1954? <sighs> You at home can see that, but. <laughs> For all of you listening, I don't know if you heard my jaw hit the floor. But. Whoops. Um, so it's 1962. No. Oh. Close. That was your closest one. 1963. Yeah. I don't even think you got any of those. Maybe like. I got two right. Two right. I two was right. counting them. We got two right. Not been the first time through, but hey, I'm proud of myself. I did great. Well, I feel like this is going to come and bite me in the butt when it's your turn to come up with a question. So tune in next week to see how well I do. You're going to feel hurt. So let's go ahead and put a pin in Dirty Dancing that will never stay pinned because I'll watch it for the 12th trillion 794 millionth time. I think you're progressively beginning higher numbers when you say it, so yeah. good continuity. Thank you. <laughs> no plot holes here. But go ahead, Kay, how would you rate this movie? Um, I'm going to give it a solid pachanga because, you know, pachanga. like Johnny Castle feels about the pachanga, I acknowledge it as a thing. In this case, I acknowledge it as a movie that people like, and... At one point, I enjoyed it, but now I've done it so much that I'd kind of like to go on to something a little more exciting. So I guess I'll, I guess I like it, but you know what? It is the Pachango, so mm-hmm. me. And my rating for this movie is 80s music in the 60s. Slightly confusing, but perfectly satisfying in every which way. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap up this episode, we just want to say, if you haven't seen Dirty Dancing... You should probably go see it. It's, Definitely. It's it's a great time. Should I say it? You'll have the time of your life. Ah! I was just holding my breath. It wasn't about the watermelon again. 
Oh, I should have said that. No, you shouldn't have. So as we've, you know, wrapped up this, we're going to do something a little bit different. So it was my pick. It's now Kay's pick this time around. And last time we had discussed, you know, we kind of plotted out what movie we wanted to watch. So he told me that he wanted to do Endgame. I told him, okay, well, you want to do Endgame. I want to do Dirty Dancing. Well, this week he has not told me what pick. So this is going to be the honest reaction of what movie. So Kay... Tell myself and our fabulous listeners, what are we going, what should we watch next week? All right. So I wanted to play off the whole 80s vibe and another movie that has music played that isn't of that era, but this time it actually confuses people. So I picked one of my favorite movies of all time, Uh (laughs) Back to the Future. Okay. I'm okay with that one. I was a little nervous. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited here. So back to the future? Back to the future. All right. Thank you so much for listening and tuning in another week. We look forward to visiting you all real soon with our take on Back to the Future. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on all of your streaming services. Give us a nice five-star review. Tell your friends. Go ahead and tell people you that aren't even your friends. Just tell random people on the street about us. They'll want to know. Surely. So you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at slash what should we watch podcast or at Twitter at WSW watch podcast and make sure to follow all of our questions and quizzes and we'll see you next time. We don't see them. This is a podcast. All right. We'll feel your presence next time. Yeah, that will go with that. Love you all. Should I put on pants next time?